0: All right, guys, well, welcome to another interesting episode. I got to tell you, I'm so excited because one of my heroes is who we're going to talk to you today. You know, we tried to just get through this entire multi-trillion dollar industry of wellness. There are so much stuff out there. We don't know what's good, bad and different. And the idea is really to kind of separate fact from fiction and, uh, you know, lotions and potions and what really works and uh, what doesn't, at least in our opinion. I got to say, I'm really honored because I've been following this guy for a long, long time. I feel like we're brothers from another because we have such similarities in in a lot of things. But we are fortunate to have Jorge Cruz today. And let me tell you, Jorge is a celebrity fitness trainer, a diet expert, and a New York Times bestselling author. He's worked with everybody. Oprah Winfrey, Khloe Kardashian, Tony Robbins, and President Clinton, just to name a few. We don't have a ton of time. He's built his career around banishing belly fat, and he says, your waistline is your lifeline. So please welcome Jorge Cruz. Jorge, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show, and I'm a huge fan of your work as well. And I know we've uh, crossed paths, I'm sure, in all these many years. I've been doing it, God, I can't believe it, since... Say I was on the Oprah Winfrey Show in 1998, and then I had a book come out in 2001. So it's been over 20 years. But a uh, huge fan of your work and your show. So thank you for having me on on the show. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, it's it's amazing because. So I know you're from Mexico City. Is that correct? Well, I was born in Mexico City. Yeah, my dad's American. My mother okay. uh, Latina. She was a Colombian gal, but uh, was uh, she her business was she was a she was an actress a dancer. She did television. So uh, yes. She, uh, kind of famous in Mexico City in the 1940s and 50s. She's passed. She passed 20 years ago. But so when my dad was overseas, we were, they were living in Santa Monica. Uh, uh, yeah. My mom flew to Mexico to see her mom and kind of be with her people. And so, uh, ¿hablo español un poquito? Because si, yo hablo igualmente, pues ah, vamos a
0: hacer en español,
1: entonces. Muy bien, muy bien. No, we're yes. kidding, everybody. So, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so yeah. I was born in Mexico City and uh, yeah, my sister, I have a wonderful sister, a little younger than me. She was born in California. But yeah, no, I grew up speaking both languages and for for me, you know, like most Latinos, food was love. And so oh. I was a chubby little kid and <laughs> you know, an emotional eater. I had a kind of a crazy childhood um, with my grandmother, my my mom's mom living with us from Colombia, and she was a, a hard lady to to deal with, but she loved me in her own way, but it led me to overeat, I think. <laughs> so I wouldn't be doing this without, you know, as they say, as Oprah says, uh, life happens for us, not to us, right? That, that, well,
0: well said. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, let's get into this, and you mentioned emotional eating. Gosh, we could spend hours on that alone. There's so for much sure. that goes with that. But let's talk about the current times, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, yeah. these current times are are amongst us in the presence of a pandemic. So, you know, we're all stuck at home and everybody's got their new terms for gaining all this weight, the COVID-19 and this and that. So, you know, what do we do? Where do we start with this? Let's just break it down a bit.
1: Yeah. You know, I have a really simple philosophy. You know, I've, I, I, you know, I, I always tell people that I work with, whether it's a celebrity or whether it's someone from one of my books or websites, that the thing I learned that got me to kind of change my direction because I, by the time I was 1920 I was 40 some pounds overweight I was like 220 pounds and I have pictures of my fat self on my website and they're out there if you google Jorge Cruz <laughs> and so what what got me to change though was pain now, I had to connect it to something that was pretty deep in me, and, and my dad uh, at the time was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and so that scared us, and it scared me even more when they said, hey, you know, it could run in the family, and you, you could have cancer as well. So for me, it really was pain, and you know, the, the person that wrote the introduction to my first book in 2001 was one of my clients and dearest friends, Anthony Robbins, and you know, um, he got me to realize how important we can use pain to motivate us. So, you know, I would say for anyone listening at home, if They are you know, gaining 15, 20 pounds, you know, um, that this can be a good thing, you know, you can get to that point, but if you're settled and you're like, oh, whatever, then that you may not be in that place, but there's always a way to kind of stir the pot. And we can talk about that because I, I have people that come to me and they know better. They know they, they want, maybe it's intermittent fasting they want to do because I'm a big advocate of that, or they want to do interval training. They've seen the results on the revenge body show with the Kardashians, or they saw my work with, uh, the New York housewives, uh, Dorinda or Sonia or Brooke, Burke and Malibu and they've seen all the results they've seen people lose 2 or 3 pounds of belly fat a week and um, and they want it but they just they're like oh I don't know if I can do this right <laughs> yeah, I can only I only have uh, you know so many hours to eat what is this 16 hours of fasting or I have to do interval training oh that sounds scary I can't go to the gym so they have a lot of concerns and so I often take them through a process to kind of jolt them a little bit to, to really realize if, if you want this, there's a way to do it. And we can talk about that because if we can share that with people, I think it really gives people what I would call like an emotional edge. And, and I think a lot of people lose that, you know, and it's not our fault. It really isn't. I mean, if you sit home and you eat what most Americans do, um, you know, a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar and you gain this weight, you end up feeling depressed. You you start feeling overwhelmed uh, and the weight piles on, you know, and right now with COVID, I mean, there aren't any gyms open, you know, and, you know, I have certain clients that have used this to get in the best shape of their life. And then, like you said, there's some people that have gotten into bad shape back into, the, you know, they've gained 20 or 30 pounds and most of my clients are over 50, you know, 50, 60 and 70 year olds. And, uh, and, and it's, it's totally doable. I mean, you just have to make a decision. I call it thinking fit and uh, we can get into it if you yeah, want. Yeah, let's get, I, you know, and, I'm, and I cannot agree with you more. And, and I tell people,
0: you know, I've been working with patients now for 25 years. Incredible. And I, and I tell people, listen, tell me what you can do, not what you can't and tell what, me what like you n- tell me what you've done not what yeah. you failed failed to do yeah. and I, and i think it's important because everybody's different we oh, all yeah. have different yeah. needs socioeconomic situations culture is a huge thing you know uh, my family's from mexico yeah. Yeah, and Mexico so City. there we go. And it, so, yeah. you know, we grew up with the tortillas and the rice and the beans oh, and all yeah. these things. And
1: food is love, so it was a big deal. If you, if you don't eat it, you insult the family. You know? Exactly, <laughs> we don't want to insult anybody. No, oh my gosh, and you have a war and it's like a telenovela a soap opera. <laughs> and then you might as well just eat to keep everyone happy. And exactly. so it becomes this... One way or another, you're, you're eating, you know, and I'm not saying eating is bad, but, nope. you know, we've made food th- th- there's a funny quote I heard not that long ago was this whole idea that food is the most overused form of, and, and, main, and mainly sugar, the most overused form of drug out there. And the most underutilized yeah. form of drug is exercise, you know, because people give up. and right. But it's not, again, our, it, it's not our fault. In my opinion, really, people always do the best they can. And sometimes, you know, I've been through divorce, two divorces. I've been through my mom and dad passing. My dad just passed last year doing Christmas Eve. So I've been through a lot of heavy stuff and, you know, and, um, I've had books do really good where they're number one on the New York times and I've had books bomb, you know, I've written over 30. So it happens, life happens. And if you let one bad thing happen, one divorce, one death, one bad book, uh, strike you down, you could be stuck there. And, you know, some people, I mean, uh, I've worked with people that had have lost loved ones because of suicide. And so it can get really crazy. So the emotional, this thinking fit is really powerful. It really can shift people's uh, ability to believe in themselves. You know, I think that's what it's really about. With Kizikans Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this.
0: So I know you're a big acronym guy because of OMOD. So oh, I, yes, I, OMAD. So I created an acronym, call you TME, which is oh. think, move, eat. Oh, uh, And so let's let's just talk a little bit about
1: think, fit, move, fit, eat, fit. Let's, yeah, let's, that, that's perfect. Yeah, those it. are... That's kind of the triad of health that I've, I've developed. And, you know, for me, if I'm working with someone like Steve Harvey, for example, or Brooke Burke in Malibu or Dorinda Medley in New York or whoever I'm working with, the first thing I, I try to get them to realize is that upon rising, the very first thing you think about, the very first thing you focus in on, whatever it is, you take the eye mask off, hopefully you're sleeping good. And the first thing that enters your mind should not be the news. It should be really what you want, you know? And so I tell people really that... It, if you want that success to think fit, you, know, you need an affirmation. And I usually have a client, any client will, will, will write in their own words on a, some sort of poster board, the, the words, I am capable. And it's such a simple affirmation. I am capable capable right it's super simple but I was the kind of Latin boy I was a mama's boy and I was the kind of Latin boy where my mother did everything and my grandmother did everything for me and as the man of the house because my dad was always traveling or working you know I wasn't allowed to touch a thing and so I not that I Wouldn't have, but just I wasn't allowed to. And so they cooked, they did everything. And then I wasn't physical because I was overweight. So for me, you know, I started to believe I wasn't that capable of doing anything. I almost became codependent on my mother and my grandmother, where I felt like, oh God, I need, can you help me? Oh, I need to move this. Can you help me? Can you do everything? I relied on everyone. And I, I lost that. I, well, I never had that edge. And I think Tony Robbins, when I worked with him, we both helped each other. He got me to realize how powerful making a decision could be. And so I tell people, upon rising, say something to yourself like, I am capable. And my podcast show, I really dedicate an affirmation every single uh, day. We do it Monday through Friday. And I, I record it here in California. But you know, I've done it in New York. And wherever I do it, it's a topic, usually, whether it's nutrition or, or exercise, that is about reaffirming our ability to really look outward, to get that internal drive. And it's just as simple as doing an affirmation. And then, you know, step two, really is just being grateful for like a minute or two. And I think everyone's talked about that, Oprah. 20 years ago. And, you know, once I I know I'm capable, I'm like, yes, I can get out of bed. Yes, I can do uh, an eight minute interval training. Yes, I can do intermittent fasting, you know, and eat at three o'clock and and do a coffee with butter. Or or, yes, I can, you know, figure this out and I can get my life together. Then you you need to kind of reinforce it slightly. And what I tend to do is just focus in on three things I'm grateful for. And I've got uh, teenage sons, both of them are teenagers, one's 16, one's 13, one's driving, as much. I don't see them as much because they're doing their own thing. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my past. Uh, You know, I'm grateful for my career. You know, so I get into that place of gratitude, and then you know, really, then from then, you know, then I I just I kind of then force myself quickly. I'll go to the bathroom while I'm kind of doing this think fit exercise in my head, and then I learned this 25 years ago as well from a lot of different psychologists that I worked with originally. This whole idea that. Exercise and movement and your physiology determines how good you feel. And so what I try to do upon rising, so literally say the affirmation, get gratitude in my head. Once you're in that grateful state of mind and you know you're capable, I tell people, move. And I have a, a live stream I do every morning um, with a group of incredible people. They're from all over the country and the world, and it's live. We started it during COVID. I was doing it more uh, recorded before, but they all wanted to go live. And you know everyone's exercising now on Zoom, and so that's what we've done for the last six months. And I have this incredible group of people that we go live at 7 a.m. Pacific time every day. We do an eight-minute uh, interval training workout. And what movement does, especially interval training, it helps you not just burn belly fat because science has shown that tone the body. Sure. But it helps bolster serotonin and dopamine. So you get that mindset and, and it kind of checks it off when you do it first thing in the morning. And it and, doesn't take
0: long. Uh, you know, no, I think no, a no. lot of people, you know, so I'm a swimmer myself. I've I've been oh, swimming that. all my life. Nice. I used to run, I used to jog and, you know, then the back and the knees got in the way and, and, you know, I yep. struggle with my weight at times as well, Yep. but I found my kind of my sort of like, Place. Yeah. And, you know, life still happens and things go bad. I mean, I, you know, I'm listening to everything you're saying. I, I swear we're brothers in another life. I love uh, that. <laughs> you know, three years ago, in a span of 18 months, I, yeah. I went through a divorce. My mother uh, and sister died all in 18 months. And uh, I, it was yeah. just like, you I, we, s- we've had
1: the same kind right. of uh, impact, yeah, and yeah. and boy, you can you can definitely go into a downward spiral and totally. drink and do much medical marijuana. I mean, I have clients that do this, and then yeah, you know, there's some people that really harm themselves. And so yeah. believe me, you know, drinking and medical marijuana are the least of the, the issues. But there are people that just won't even touch that, but they'll eat bags of Doritos, and exactly. if you do that consistently, you're going to get diabetes. You're going to gain the weight, and you know, there's so much stuff in there that causes inflammation from the corn oil to the corn itself. So it goes on and on. So when I tell people move for eight minutes and, you know, I was really grateful that in 2005, O Magazine, Oprah Magazine featured this workout, this eight minutes in the morning was the book and the books available on, on Amazon, everywhere you go, eight minutes in the morning was the very first book I wrote and was about this. And then I did four more books over the next five years. This is 2001, two, three, four, and five. And we did this whole series and there are millions of books sold under this. Eight minute in the morning title, but it just shows that you can really change your life in eight minutes. And if you do it in the morning, you get an afterburn effect. If you do it as an interval, which is new, I never taught intervals 20 years ago, it was just strength training, dumbbells, and all that. Now we go, we start slow. It's like a warm up phase. We take it up for 40 seconds and we drop it down for 40. And so it's low, high, low. So it's high intensity interval training. People are dripping sweat. If you go to my Instagram, oh, page, so you'll see me every day. You you know, with my shirt off, just dripping sweat and my clients are dripping sweat and we have the best time because we're done in eight minutes. We chat for like 20 more. And then basically what people do then afterwards is they are set, they're, they're kind of primed. Right. For a really good day, then the hard part begins. Then you gotta have some discipline with your nutrition, your diet, your work. You gotta learn how to maximize energy. You know, do you do too much coffee? Do you drink orange juice? Do you do fasting? Do you eat three meals, two meals? I do one meal a day, and so there's so many many questions. But you need that edge because exercise, especially for eight minutes, is easy compared to you know figuring out what to eat and also controlling yourself because that's right. where like we said emotional eating can kick in but now you're primed and so the odds are the emo the negative emotions are at bay and you have positive energy, you know, but serotonin, it's, well, you know, this as a doctor, oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's better than I Prozac wish we could buy it in a
0: jar over the counter. It would be, yeah. but well, no, just and, movement, and I movement. agree. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Movement. It's so many things that we can do. You know, I, one of the things I use a tool that I use with my patients, I call yeah. it the m M&M and rule. Ooh, and the so MM rule is, I love M&Ms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I try right. not to have them too it's often. Halloween, yeah, not, maybe. <laughs>
0: right. Not those m but yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's basically saying, Mindfulness and motivation. It -hmm. takes about eight seconds to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why do I want to feel well? Why do I want to make a good choice about my diet, nutrition, and hydrational habits? What is my motivation? And being aware, living in the moment. And I think we live such a fast paced life. If you can stop for eight to 10 seconds and say, why do I want to make the right decision about what I'm about to do. And is this a right decision? It's about winning more of those battles than you lose. You're not going to win every single one, but it's about winning more than you lose. And if you, if you just live for in the moment for just a few seconds and ask yourself those questions, we all know right from yeah. wrong. And I think eventually you're going to start running downhill, which is, you know, what we all want to do. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I feel like the the hardest thing is, is getting the the motivation. And I feel like that's why for me, I'm addicted to podcasts. I've been following your show now and I follow probably like 20 other shows and I love feeding my mind positive energy. And so much thank information. God now, yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness that we've got this opportunity now in 2020 to end during COVID and it's free for the most part. Podcasts can be very nutritious for the mind, you know, it's Absolutely. like food for thought. And uh, that's why I think listening to podcasts. Positive things daily and throughout the day, you know, can make it. You know, when I work out uh, by myself before I work with my clients, I'll put on something really great, whether it's an audible book or whether it's a podcast, or you know, I always have some music going on too. But that's my my time in the morning, and then you know, by seven thirty, I'm done with everything, and then I I'm ready to have a rock star kind of day. And even then, you know. Um, you really have that momentum that gives you that edge and then nutrition and diet come come along and, and, you know, and that becomes something easier now where you have more self-control and the emotional eating is kind of put at bay because you feel good. And when you feel good, sometimes you don't, food doesn't have that drop because I know for me, as a little kid growing up in a Latin family and and being a gay man, I wasn't able to know that at the time. And for me, it was a big deal when I was told by my grandmother not to be a certain way, couldn't look at my sister's dolls, couldn't do this, I had no idea. So for me, I just felt like, food, 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 food. So, you know, and, and for me, I only realized all this 10 years ago. And that's why I went through my first divorce with my wife and all that. And, and I have these great kids from that life, but it was a big deal, you know, and there are parts of us that may be hidden. So I would say anyone listening out there, whether, you know, you can't seem to nail why you eat emotionally. For me, it was unhappiness, I think. And, and not that I didn't fix that years ago through exercise, but I, it became even easier once I was more authentic and grateful for who I was and, and woke up to it. You know? And that was just 10 years ago that I woke up to this whole new life of being <laughs> who I was and and not a denial. It was crazy.
0: All right. So let's switch gears. Sure. And, and I'm really curious to hear, let's just first talk about just a quick definition. How would you describe fasting to people? Because, I, yeah. you know, this is fasting. I've been doing fasting, Have believe been, it or not. Yeah. yeah, I've been doing fasting. Intermittent fasting or? For or about like 20 years. No, no. Intermittent fasting okay. for about 20 fasting. years. Yeah. Before it was a thing. And I just, yeah. I was yeah. doing it yeah. because it's, it's just how my body was. It's how yeah. I, how it works. So That's let's great. talk a little bit. What, sure. What's fasting?
1: Sure. So I wrote a book three years ago called Cruise Controlled Diet, and it talks about intermittent fasting, which basically, you know, if you break it down, uh, thank you. Yeah. If you break it down the way I taught it in the book three years ago, it's a 16 hour window where you are in in that 16 hours, you're hopefully sleeping seven to eight hours. And then for four or five hours in the morning, you kind of skip eating carbs and proteins. Those are usually the macronutrients that break a fast and cause insulin to go up. Healthy fats um, don't do that. They don't have that effect and it's been researched. So I usually you know, will tell my clients if you're doing a 16-8, so 16 hours of not eating and eight hours of eating, then most of my clients will eat a traditional meal as early as 11 or 12. I know when I was working with Steve Harvey, he would be up at three in the morning and we need something to eat at 5am, but his window ended a lot earlier. So it's an eight-hour eating window. And that's typically, you know, done for weight loss and all that. Now, what I've done since that book came out three years ago, and I'm working on a new project for next year, that is, uh, it's it's more of an exercise plan, but there'll be a nutritional component that talks about doing uh, one meal a day. As you said, that acronym, OMAD, one meal a day. And that's a right. hashtag, you can find it on social, O-M-A-D. That's a little different. Now, what does that do? And what kind of fasting is that? Because that's more extreme. You're eating maybe one to two hours a day and, and fasting for 20-some 20 hours, 22, 23 hours. And a lot of big-name people, both celebrities and um, you know, people in, like the CEO of Twitter, uh, Jack Dorsey does this, a lot of really high-level, intelligent people do this. And it's not for weight loss because none of them have weight to lose and they don't disappear and die. They do it because it causes autophagy in your body. And autophagy is a process of housekeeping really simply done Uh, if you can go 16 but verge closer to 20 plus hours and it gets better when you're past 20 so i do 22 23 hours and you know i eat every day around 3 p.m pacific time i just know my schedule uh and you know i do it for about an hour and then i i'm done but i eat well i really feast it's intermittent feasting that's another way to look at it because i eat well get all my macros you know i start with healthy proteins healthy fats carbs get all that in there and the way you do it it's it's simple you know so if you do that you get this incredible longevity effect you get this disease prevention effect that's been um, talked about and ironically a lot of people think this is kind of fringe and weird and like it, like this is a new thing and 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 as history has shown yeah, it's really this nice. is something that's been done for millennia De- yeah, a lot decades. of religions talk about it and you know if you think of ancient man one of my mentors is Mark Sisson, who uh, created a, a whole series of books and has this company called Primal Kitchen. They sell my favorite cooking oil, avocado oil, salad uh, dressings, all this stuff. And he's been like you intermittent fasting for 20 years. He's 67 years young and he has an incredible physique. If you see my interview with him on my show, I mean, I got him to show his abs off. He's you know 67 years young and has the body of a 26-year-old six-pack. He looks amazing. He has energy, vitality. He just had a grandkid. I mean, he's in phenomenal shape. He's stopped aging because he's been doing this for two decades, you know, where he's, he does one to two meals. He does both, you know, one or two, and uh, and does a minimum of 16 hours. And so what it does is it gives you this advantage. Now, the biggest question probably people are having is like, oh my God, I'm going to be hungry. Right. Like, I can't eat. Yeah, how do you do this? Well, you can cheat it. That's the ah, great let's thing. Get to, I uh, love yeah, the you know, word cheat let's get to that (laughs) (laughs) well cheating the fast you know or 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 understanding it's just understanding how your body works and really it's just a biohack and a lot of people talk about this Uh, a lot of authors like dave asprey have written about this i wrote about it in my book and it's basically understanding that certain macronutrients and certain foods as well won't cause insulin to rise and if you don't cause insulin to go up. One of my dearest friends who wrote the introduction to this book, uh, I had Brooke Burke, but I also had Dr. Jason Fung from Toronto write the, that, write the uh, intro to the book, not the forward, but the intro and really talks about this. He's written the number one best selling books on fasting. If you go to Amazon, Jason Fung, F-U-N-G. He's an incredible doctor in Toronto in Canada and basically has given you know, the science out there that a lot of us are using. And this idea that you could have like a cup of Coffee, which won't break your fast, because there's no there's no macros right. in that really. There's no carbs, fats, or I'm sorry, carbs, fats, or proteins. But if you add butter, one to two tablespoons, or you could do coconut oil if you're more plant based. Um, you know, whatever kind of healthy fat you want, not vegetable fats, but healthy fats. And we can talk about the the the, the oxidation that causes inflammation in the body from using canola oil and these seed oils, but you know I'm very cautious of healthy fats. It could even be beef tallow. I know a lot of people don't like that. I cook with it, but uh, whether it's butter from animals or, or coconut oil or MCT oil, you can put that in your coffee or tea or even just hot water. Use a little frother that you can get on Amazon for a few bucks and you make this creamy, delicious morning beverage uh, and can add a little bit of monk fruit. I love monk fruit. It's a natural plant-based sweetener. Monk it does, fruit. It, right? It does raise Insulin, and then you literally are good for two to three hours, and get that energy, and it's great. But I'll tell you, the thing that's even more incredible at turning off hunger is just hydration with a little. There bit of,
0: you go. Thank with, God, I was dying. I was dying right? to say
1: that word. And and, and I add pink salt, uh, like a Himalayan sea salt sure. that's rich in magnesium, potassium. Just a pinch of it into the water because it's been shown to help you super hydrate. And I, I do that actually before I have coffee, and then that gives me this crazy energy to do my workout. I usually just don't even have a coffee until after the workout. I use it more, not for energy, but for hunger control. So that's kind of my morning with, with celebrities, with clients, with people I work online. They really start to, after that workout, we, we start to not just hydrate and continue to hydrate throughout the day, but then they'll use these biohacks like coffee with butter, or I have certain clients will do egg yolk scrambles. That works really well because that's all high fat, no protein, no fats. So when you take the white out, uh, I have people do chia seed puddings that work sometimes. Oh, those great. Yeah, And that just fills you up and it passes through you. doesn't break the fast. So I've got all these little tricks uh, that will help you cheat it. So you basically never feel hungry. And so then imagine, you know, every week dropping two to three to, I've had people lose seven, eight pounds in a week, just depending how much they have to, to lose and their energy, their, their mood, their, everything changes. And, you know, you lose the belly fat, but more importantly, you feel Incredible. You feel younger, you feel more vital. And if you keep doing it, um, I mean, how how did you get started 20 years ago, you said? That's incredible. It sort of happened by accident because I've wow. never been a breakfast person. It's just yeah. never been my yeah. thing.
0: You know, there are some people that open their eyes and they're like famished. Food. Yes. Right. And I'm kind of one of these guys where yeah. I'm hungry, or I, I shouldn't say I'm hungry, but I begin to develop hunger four or five hours after I wake up. Ah, okay. So if I'm up at say six. Yeah. It's not till 11 that I even have a desire to eat. So I yes. kind of just yeah. had that whole routine. Now, yeah. I'm a little different because I exercise
1: at lunch. So oh, okay. my day will oh, like start that. at six. Yeah. I'll go till 12. Hey, you and exercise then, when you can, you know. and, and that's, Exactly. That's what that people, works. It's better people than people not say, doing well, what's anything, the best?"
0: Right. You know? People say, what's the best exercise? I'm like, the one that you like and can do, period.
1: Consistency. Exactly. Yes. But, but so I, consist- I'll swim at lunch. Wonderful. And then yeah. what I'll
0: do is I'll just do like a, a very small amount of not a large quantity, but a small volume protein bar, maybe a half uh, of a protein bar, okay. something because when I swim, I swim yeah. for an hour very aggressively, about two oh, miles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I have a trainer and it's very intense. And and I've found that if I don't have at least a half of a bar, a little yeah. bit of a carb just to get me through, right. I, I, I struggle. But then my eating will typically take place usually between 2 o'clock and 7 or 8 o'clock. That's oh, my window. Okay. And and that's it. But I, you know what? You bring up my biggest pet peeve, and I will What's tell that? you, it's my contention that I think 90% of people walk around dehydrated every
1: day. Yes. And well... We're, so, so we're not critical. scared, but I know people don't like to go to the bathroom and sometimes they're just like bothered by it and they rather right. eat something, but water, but, but also I also have, I've met clients that have drank water and they pee it right out and they still feel hungry. For me, it's all about the minerals and spring water is really the best. Yeah. I but, love this, the pink salt idea. That's but a little bit of pink salt. It's something I learned in Malibu from one of my dear friends, uh, Laird Hamilton, who's one of the world's famous pro surfers up there. He and his wife, Gabby Reese, great couple, oh, of course. great kids. And you know, one of the biohackers. That a lot of elite athletes like they use is electrolytes, and it's another way to say it. But rather than all the sugar that comes in from commercial electrolyte drinks, that's the problem. Right? You just add uh, just a pinch. You know, I mean, if I'm doing doing 32 ounces of water, I'll do half a teaspoon of. Uh, I use real salt, which is a it's a great salt from utah's from these underground, like they go down six miles down underground in these mines, and it's ancient salt that uh, you know that was it's clean of plastic and all that. Most white salt, unfortunately, has been contaminated and, and it's also bleached and all these things. And so, you want the salts that have those colors in them, because they usually have a little iron, but they'll have potassium and magnesium, and that is what helps turn off hunger by hydrating you. And so, I always tell a lot of a lot of clients that fifty to seventy percent of the time, when you think you're hungry, you're simply dehydrated.
0: You know, yeah. No, I tell people that all the time. I, you know, and I use this, I use hydration and a glass of water for a lot of things. A lot of people yeah. who, you know, I work with a lot of smokers and have for a long mm. time trying to get them to quit. And I yes. have all these little tools and all these things, but I tell That's them, great. you know, when you're in your office, when you have that desire to go out and grab a cigarette and, and kind of decompress, yeah. try this, take, pick a, an eight ounce glass of water and take a five minute walk and mm. think about what your goal is. Yeah. And, then come down to your desk. But a lot of people are... Just thirsty. I mean, we don't have yeah. a yeah. fuel gauge on our body. It would be nice yeah. if we
1: did, right? Not yet. But, it, you know, the iPhone and the, the Apple Watch always helps, but they haven't done that yet. We have yeah, there's going to be something that's going to come out. But I think, Some you know, day. it's critical.
0: People <laughs> right? just don't realize that dehydration makes you feel tired, makes yeah. you lose concentration, makes your ability to digest, metabolize. Oh, yeah. So many things revolve around water. And a lot of people think, well, I'm not thirsty. And my my answer is simply: Do you put gas in your car when it runs out? Yeah, and the, you wait, or do you wait when you're on the side of the road and you say, "Now that's, I need gas." Not smart. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I love that you're a big, you know, proponent of. And there's so much I love about your philosophies, but I yeah. love the hydration thing. And no, I will tell you this: my biggest thing is we need carbs, we need fats, we need yep. proteins, we yep. need the right ones, we need them at the right time of the day, and we need. To make sure that we're
1: being aware of portion control, those things are critical. Yeah, yeah, no, they are, they, you know, understanding the macros. And, you know, for me, uh, uh, during COVID, I had kind of my mind blown. Uh, I had a conversation offline with Mark Sisson, who, really great guy. If, you, if anyone listening wants to Google him, he's out there. He's in his 60s, mid to late 60s, 67 now. And he told me about a book he endorsed, The Carnivore Code. And I was like, oh, i right. just it's eating. Great meals? book. And he's like, Well, this guy, Paul Saladino, Dr. Saladino, and he says he doesn't like salads. He was joking. This is his (laughs) last name, Saladino, Italian. And he's like, But he got me to write the forward. And I said, Well, what's the book about? Are you just eating meat now? He's like, Well, and he used to have a a large uh, amount of vegetables and carbs and all that and pastas. And we would go to Malibu when I was living in Malibu. He and I would go out to lunch once a week at the Soho house out there. And it's really beautiful on the water and just eat whatever and have nice wines and all this stuff. usually dry farms, which are lower in sugar. He's like, but all that's changed. I said, really? (laughs) What happened? He's like, well, he got me to realize a little more of the science of ancestral health with eating meat. And I was like, but if you don't eat carbs you're not going to poop you're not going to have your fiber so we got into this huge discussion i said we got to do this as a podcast so we did and we video it and you know it's on youtube and all that you can just jorge cruz and mark sisson or it's on my instagram it's all that or on, on my jorge cruz show and it was such a powerful conversation and that was maybe five months ago then i interviewed paul saladino Uh, who's the author of this book called The Carnivore Code. Then I'm going to interview this man, uh, Dr. Sean Baker, who has a book called The Carnivore Diet, a little different. And he's 53 in phenomenal shape. And he's got a different philosophy, slightly different. And then there are people like Dr. Gumfrey, I think, is that his name? The the one that wrote The Plant Paradox. Have you interviewed him at all? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And he talks at a different angle about how certain plants are toxic. So then I really, as much as I'm doing intermittent fasting, I was like, well, what do I eat during that window? Because I'm I'm only eating, you know, in the small two to three hour window, usually, uh, you know, one hour. So I want to make sure I'm eating the right foods and I want enough fiber and I want enough um, of the the macros, the healthy fats I'm getting throughout the day because I use that to cheat with my coffee and everything. So I want good. Protein and I want good carbs, and so and I'm friends with a trainer who works with Beyonce. He and I have been friends for many years, Marco Barago. And Marco uh, wrote uh, co-wrote with Beyonce and Jay Z this really great book called The Green Prince. And they have this huge empire called the 22 Day Nutrition Company, which sells these proteins, pea proteins, vegetable based proteins, and yeah, bars that Beyonce use. And so I, I have friends on that side too, the hardcore vegans. I've never been on the Ellen Show, but I know people that work with. Them and she won't have you on the show if you're you're not a a vegan. So I've never been on the show. Yeah. Yeah, because I've never been fully plant-based. I just have always had a little bit of meat. And, you know, so with with regards to all that, it's been interesting. I don't know if we have time to talk about the actual macros because what I'm following now, and, you know, I'm going to be 50 next year. I'm 49 right now. And I feel like during COVID, (laughs) I got into the best shape of my life, not just from the intermittent fasting and from the, the interval training, But from this slight shift in eating that Mark Sisson got me to realize, and then talking to all these. Doctors, Doctor, you know Saladino, and now I've been talking with Doctor uh, Baker, and they all have books, and they're all very like they're real doctors. They're not just they don't say that, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but they really have studied the body, and they do it for peak performance, and they work with athletes and really high level people. So it's interesting because I know a lot of people say, "Oh my gosh, it's destroying the planet, it's bad for your body, and you're going to die of a heart attack," and then there's some people that you know look at plants and and they they love the plants or they avoid the plants so it's tricky i think you got to do what feels right for you and not everyone's ready for that kind of message that's a little that's even harder sometimes to say no to to broccoli you're like why can't i eat broccoli or brussels sprouts they're toxic oh my gosh
0: (laughs) i have three really Three really good buddies. So the four of us, we've known each yeah. other now on almost thirty years, and we wow. met when we were, you know, twenty-two years old, fresh yeah. med students. Yeah. And uh, ones from New York, uh, ones from Jersey, ones from Pittsburgh, and and they're all kind of situated now in Vegas, New York City, and and LA. So one's a plastic surgeon, one's yeah. an orthopedic surgeon. I do primary go. care, fitness, and wellness, and then the other one's a radiologist. Well, two of the four of us are whole food plant based. Uh-huh. And I, I, and you know, so we get so into whole it. It's food, plant-based and right. whole food means, what is that? Meaning not potato chips, not cookies. I got you, gotcha. It's like, you know, so m- no process.
1: Exactly. No plant-based, process. But, but meaning that it's plant-based, what, maybe 80% of your diet is that? And then it's 20%? nearly everything. So oh, these guys, okay. yeah. you know,
0: they don't eat meat. They don't eat chicken. They don't eat fish their, their, their source of protein is going to be pea protein or soy protein
1: okay. or, yeah. you know, yeah. all these Marco other Barago does as a trainer, right. he does, he has Jay-Z on this plan, Beyonce. I mean, there are a lot of high level people, uh, that are following a plant-based life and, you know, up until COVID, and I think it's great. I was if too. you can
0: do it, I just yeah. can't do it. I, I really? it's just, it, I mean, I like, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's my my Mexican mean? background, but no, no. I like my meat, well, I like my chicken, and I like my, well, maybe. Well, I would, like, I would agree, know, and yeah. It's, it, it's just that, you know, so we go back and forth, you know, and we we give each other a hard time all the time. But I think, to your point, and I got to ask you this question, I'm dying sure, to ask you this course. question. All right, so tell me about kale. Because I, <laughs> I have yes. this. I don't want to bag on kale. Kale's not a brand; it's just a general plant. No, yeah, I have, yeah, a, yeah. I have a shirt that has a, a. I have one of those. Kale it says and kale. It says like a big, kale. Re, yeah, but nice. it says a big red X on my kale because I'm not oh, a fan of kale because I wow. don't like it. Yeah, and I've yeah. tried it every which way. So. Tell me about kale. Give me like a rundown. Let's let our listeners hear your take on kale.
1: Well, you know, there's always going to be positive stuff on kale. I mean, it's very plant-based and it's green and has chlorophyll and has fiber and I used to eat it all the time. I, I would have it uh, three or four times a week. I mean, Beyonce and, and Marco Barrago. Marco's great. I'm huge fans of it. My One of my dearest friends is Dr. Andrew Weil, and he has a restaurant in San Diego. I'm sure oh, you've been to True Foods. Yeah, sure. True Foods over the, yeah, True Foods. Over the, the mall. the best kale salads. So I'm all kaled up. And, you know, it's not that bad to, to make it taste good. You have to definitely put a lot of avocado oil on, on it and things like that. But, um, but I was intrigued because once I, you know, uh, discovered... What kale does, and there's a chart I have it. Uh, it's actually in Saladino's book uh, in the carnivore code, but I, he, he gave me permission to put it on my Insta. And uh, and it's called The Spectrum of Plant Toxicity. I and love it. uh, yeah, and I have it on my Instagram if people go to at Jorge Cruz, and it's Cruz like Tom C R U I O C. But regardless, and I can repost it later or send it to you. But basically, imagine on the less toxic toxic side and something that not too many doctors talk about, but he does. And this is Dr. Paul Saladino talks about how non-sweet fruits like avocados are really good. They're less toxic and squash is really good for you and berries are really good for you. Then the moderate are like the two birds, like carrots, sweet fruits, whether it's an apple or something like that. Then you get into your more toxic and I said, well, help me understand why are things like kale and Brussels sprouts and lettuce and legumes? and seeds and um, grains and and these nightshades so uh, mostly toxic, so harmful. And he's like, well, you can read the work of, you know, the plant paradox, which is out there but he does agree with some of that in there. But basically, he gave me this really basic, simple fourth grade explanation because I like it it simple. Oprah told me, keep it simple. And I was like, oh my gosh, you can get into deep stuff or just let me understand this. And he says, think about plants for the last uh, and since humans have been in existence, say up to two million years, you know, and prior to that there weren't a lot of predators of plants. I mean, there's certain animals that would do it, but what the plants had to develop mainly for those predators was defense mechanisms so they wouldn't be eaten, because a plant has, you know, little seeds in it. And with those little seeds they can grow and 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 continue their species and all that. And so unlike animals that have claws or nails or can fight or can run or can hide, plants don't do that. It's So basically he said, think back, go back in time and think of these plants um, having to have defenses. And these defenses were to push animals, creatures, and then eventually humans to not want this. So they don't get eaten. Yeah, because their outcome is not, they're not here for us. The plants, as much as we are their greatest (laughs) advocates and you've got people like Beyonce and Jay-Z and Marco Barrago, you know, doing documentaries and and all this about plant power and how we love plants. Well, we're eating them, right? You know, it sounds nice, but they don't want that. Plants, and not that they're smart, they, they can't be cognitive of this, obviously, but they're designed to repel people and creatures to eating them. And so you think about this and, and it was interesting because when he said that to me, I was like, I said, all plants? He said, some have less. I said, well, which ones? And you know, I'm a huge fan of, of, of fiber and all that. He's like, well, you don't have to worry about fiber because if you eat uh, more of a, of a meat-based diet, you're going to still go to the bathroom. There may be a 24-hour, 48-hour issue, a little delay. You may feel a little backup. And I've had people do it the other way that have gone meat to plant-based and then they get backed up with fiber. So right, and get backed up with meat or fiber, but then it passes. And I've been pretty much, you know, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see a lot of meat, you'll see some squash, you'll see, sometimes I'll, I'll do a sweet potato because that's less toxic, but basically it's the seeds and the more the foods have seeds. And what kale is, it's it's, it's obviously not, it doesn't have the seeds, but it's, it's in there with the lettuce family and all that. And right. what they They've shown is, and things like Brussels sprouts are in this grouping, that they're highly uh, oxidative and, and and can cause certain issues in the body where you can have allergies to them. And so what's interesting is I never thought of kale as being something I needed, but I always liked it because I wanted it to live longer. I wanted it to have the antioxidants right. and all that. It seemed that. And like said, the right well, thing to do. Yeah. So well, what about the antioxidants? He's like, well, if you do... Now, Dr. Saladino is a little more, uh, how shall I say, uh, intense when it comes to eating. (laughs) Eating not just meat, but he likes people and he now sells this. He's really dedicated his life to helping people go into more of a meat-based diet. But he also encourages people to eat organ meat like heart and liver and and collagen, which I've been doing for many years, but more collagen shakes I never... Yeah, I wasn't ahead of the curve like 20 years ago, I had certain clients doing boiling bone broth and were boiling bones to yeah, get the broth. And, <laughs> and the marrow, the bone marrow is very nutritious, but a lot of people in today's world now know about collagen. They don't know it's bone broth sometimes and it's like a chocolate shake. So it tastes great. But so certain foods like that are going to give you these nutrients that we need that we think we can only get from plants. So for me, you know, I, I think of that. And you know, again, I invite everyone to check out this uh, carnivore code by Dr. Paul Saladino. It's a great book. Mark Sisson, my mentor, wrote the introduction to it, which shocked me because I was like, he, he's the one that was got me, got me to always have a big salad. And he still has that, but now he's following more of the low-toxic stuff. So for me, the things I love are, you know, I have a chart on my site that I've shared with people, but uh, on, at JorgeCruz.com, you know, I love avocados. I usually eat one or two a day. Uh, I love squash, so I'll have that every day almost. Uh, I love coconut oil. I'll use that on occasion. Uh, avocado oil. Um, You know tubers. I do like carrots, things like that. But I've stopped doing a lot of. I used to do a lot of Brussels sprouts. My kids and I. We had a recipe that I would make in Malibu, and we I'd share it with celebrities, and we'd do all these really roasted. Brussels sprouts and all this—I avoid that now. Is it bad? Is that—is it not good for you? I, you know, some people can get away with eating it and they don't have any issues. I noticed as I cut certain things out, in particular almonds. I used to eat a lot of almond butter. I got a lot less breakthrough and I or breakouts because I always thought, how at forty-nine am I getting this zit on my head? You know, right. like this is <laughs> not right. I'm not going through puberty. Why? And and for me, I'd get a lot of skin issues with certain foods, but. I always thought they were healthy and I always blamed it on hormones. But I've noticed now that I've gone kind of free of a lot of these toxic things and and seeds are a part of that. And chia seeds are kind of an exception because the way I teach my clients to use them, they bloom and they don't actually chew them. They let them pass through them. So it's more just the fiber and it passes through right but regardless i feel like there's certain foods that we should be aware of and and this you know it's a very it's a deep topic we could definitely talk more about it at another podcast as i could go on and on and, and these guys are really great uh you know Mentors to me, dr. Saladino and dr Baker they're and, well they're here in, uh, on the west coast I should say i don 't think they're in California, but they're in this area and more importantly it's it's definitely gaining momentum and it kind of lays on the on the backs of what Atkins did years ago in the eighties and a lot of my clients did Atkins and had great results and you know so it's it's kind of a modified version of that and I know South Beach died years ago too right. kind of went it was a big into, one remember that one sure. and so there's So many diets, it's tricky. I think the best trick if you're doing intermittent fasting, and you're working out and you're eating in a time restricted window, whether it's eight hours or two hours or one hour, whatever you're eating in that window, you got to eat things that hopefully you enjoy, you know, but also things that hopefully I like that you said that are whole that aren't processed. I think that's step one. And then obviously, you know a balance uh, of the proteins now, whether they come from animal sources or plant sources, and and then the fiber. You know, it, it's not necessarily a, a macro fiber, but vegetables can be helpful for certain things. And you know, I just enjoy them for variety. So for me, I do a lot of squash in the summer, do watermelon sometimes, but without the seeds, uh, things like that. And then obviously the healthy fats. I'm always ingesting healthy fats, whether it's avocado or. Uh, you know, I'll make scrambled eggs. If I do an egg yolk scramble, which helps cheat the fast, I'll make it in beef tallow, and and that was something new that I was introduced to. That Epic uh, makes uh, it's commercial now everywhere, and it's just animal fat, not dairy fat, but it comes from from the beef meat, and they have different variations of it, and it really makes food taste great. So. I don't know. I feel. I feel like this is something that I've never written about yet, and it's something I'm working on to to kind of modify what I did a couple of years ago on intermittent fasting. But it's an interesting debate because diet. I mean, it I is think everyone. It's like a religion. It can be very um, emotional for people, uh, and it, as it should be because it changes. It changes how you feel sometimes, really fast. And you know, and at one point during COVID, I was drinking more than I should have, and I had gotten off of uh, medical marijuana because I was doing doing that for a little bit. But then I was too lazy and sluggish in the morning; it was too strong right. for me. And then I went back to wine, and I was drinking dry farms, and which is a low uh, sugar, low alcohol. They call it the no hangover wine. Dry farms, really, <laughs> really great wine, delicious stuff from Europe, and you can get it subscribed and all that. They ship it to you and all that. But I had to cut all that out because I just I'm. I don't know if just me just super sensitive and you know reminds me 20 years ago when i was overweight and fat but i was really overeating every macronutrient and now you know i'm, I'm more sensitive to what i eat because i only eat in a small window but i notice, like i get such an edge once i dial into what my body wants and it, it it'll tell you you know I'll, I'll get a zit and i'll be like okay why did i do yeah. the almonds you know i shouldn't have done that and it's a reminder and some you know i have some clients that can get away with it and i feel like if your body is okay with it, that's okay. But there are people, especially women that I've worked with that are in their 50s and 60s that may have thyroid issue and they cut out gluten, for example it's a huge transformation. So you gotta, that's where I think people can play with the actual macros and, and, you know, I can guide them down a path. I know you have a great diet plan too. And a lot of, a lot of people do. And, and I think that's where you can play with it and you have to do something that hopefully makes you feel good and you look good and, uh, and works for you, you know? So I love well, people kind with that. Yeah, right. No, and, we and everything we
0: fits. I mean, I could talk to you for hours. Um, <laughs> listen, it's, it's no, fantastic. I mean, we could spend hours on just a simple topic. I, you know, my main thing is, and again, going to the acronyms, I love that, that you, you're a fan of those, but I use an acronym called LADS, L-A-D, D is in Ooh, dog, like S, yeah. LADS. And yeah. it it's, stands for what is the ideal diet? And it's got to be likable, affordable, doable, and sustainable. Ooh, I those like are the that. four that keys. That is beautiful. Well and, said. And I think if people can just adopt what works for them, we're all different. Be aware of your body. Sure. Journaling, journaling your, your food days are so critical. You're mindful, so many people right? mindful exactly. Yeah. And just being aware, we live in a fast paced yep. world and we're always running. I mean, I tell patients all the time, what'd you have for breakfast three days ago? They're yeah. like, I have no Uh-oh. idea. Yeah, so they've... being aware of those yeah. things is critical.
1: So I think that's great.
0: Jorge, where yeah. can we find you? Because I know people are going to want a lot of, have a lot of questions. Where where can we tell us about your social media, podcast? Yeah,
1: if you Google me, Jorge Cruz, it's J-O-R-G-E-C-R-U-I-S-E. Uh, it's at uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Jorge Cruz, and Facebook as well. And my website is JorgeCruz.com. I've got uh, an eight-minute belly fat cure kind of program that we're giving away for people. And uh, we're, we're now texting. I don't know if you guys know that the new thing that they say. Most ah, people the new are, thing, yeah. A lot of people are doing that now. And I, yeah, I've gotten part of, this, does that. Yet, part of a text community now. It's a little more effective. I still do emails. So you can always email me at hello at JorgeCruz.com if you have a particular question. Uh, and if you're interested in joining my workouts that I have in the morning, just go online, Google me, Jorge Cruz. You'll see me. You'll see this this uh, guy who's Latino and, and <laughs> has been out there with a lot of incredible people. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's been my passion. And I feel really blessed that you know my whole career like yours has been dedicated to this kind of material because I feel like as much as you would think we would have solved all sorts of issues with health, you know, certain things we can't solve, but when it comes to exercise nutrition and, and mental uh, I think happiness, uh, and, and how we do, it still seems to be a struggle. And with COVID gosh, right. People oh, are feeling, man. feeling the stress of it, the isolation, the loneliness. I mean, I was in New York for quite some time and I would have been normally in New York right now, but I've been, you know, here in California in San Diego with my kids and it's all worked out. And I feel like, you know, you can do a lot at home and thank God for podcasts like yours. And I feel like thank you for having me on because I feel like sharing our message with, uh, with people that want that's positive the insight is is so important. So I hope we need we can, to support. I right. hope to have you on my show. Let's do something fun as well. I can't Please. wait. I All can't right? wait. You thank it. you so much,
0: Jorge. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. My that pleasure. was so much fun. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. Don't forget, subscribe, download, and listen to Wellness Inc. with me, Dr. Mike Moreno. Today, thanks, guys. Have a great one. The Wellness Inc. with Dr. Mike Moreno podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation,
1: Please consult a physician or other trained professional. Thank you.